Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. I'm Richard Blaze, and I'm a chef and restaurateur who has judged or competed on nearly every cooking show. And now I've found a way to judge on a podcast. On my new podcast, Food Court with Richard Blaze, amazing guests bring their food arguments to my court, and I settle them once and for all. You think ranch is better than blue cheese? Prove it. You hate pineapple on pizza? Convince me. The first season of Food Court with Richard Blaze is up, and you can subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody and welcome to Movie Crush, uh, LA edition. I came out here, everyone. Well, let's be honest. I came out here to meet Ben Sinclair. I uh, could have done this one over the phone, but uh, I've had Ben from high maintenance on my list for uh, well since the inception of the show. I've been bugging HBO, and uh, it never quite worked out. But they finally said, "Hey, he's available. He's going to be in LA, uh, and he can do it over the phone." And I said, "That's okay. I'll just come out there." <laughs> Because I couldn't resist. High Maintenance is uh, is one of my favorite shows um, ever. Really, it's it's high on my list of all time uh, favorite shows. Uh, I was I was an early adopter, as I told him, for the web series, and uh, just loved that so so much. And then when it came over to HBO, it was just great, and uh, did not lose a step. It got even better, and I'm so glad that they're supporting his show and uh, behind it in such a positive way. And uh, just started season three. It's excellent. Uh, he says that he has high hopes for season four, which makes me really happy. And they say not to meet your heroes, everyone, but I disagree because Ben was uh, he was great. He was such a nice guy, such a genuine dude, uh, and exactly as you would hope that he would be if you're a fan of high maintenance and the guy. Uh, and if you know the show, you know what I'm talking about, the character with no name. Um, so anyway, Ben and I had to talk about his... Uh, about high maintenance and his career and uh, kind of life. He's he's a bit of a deep thinker, as you would imagine. Uh, turns out he listens to Stuff You Should Know, everyone, and that made me happy. He was like, hey, I know you. Um, and that was super cool, uh, as was his pick, Teen Wolf. Um, when it came through from the PR person that Teen Wolf was his pick, I thought it might have been a joke at first, but then uh, I realized that it was not a joke at all. He loves this movie. Uh, it was very important to him as a kid, and as you will hear, there are many, many Teen Wolf references peppered throughout High Maintenance that I never noticed uh, and that are going to be coming up on this uh, upcoming season that's playing out right now. So uh, I enjoyed our talk. I enjoyed watching Teen Wolf and talking about it with him. So here we go, everyone, with Ben Sinclair on Teen Wolf. Conan. Yeah. Way to go, man. Never heard of him. You've been on probably, no, right? No, I haven't been on. Really? I've been on to Colbert. 
and Seth Meyers, but never Conan. Yeah, he's a hero. He reminds me of Tintin. You know, <laughs> yeah, he does. I don't know if he'll like to hear that, but that's that's what I see. Oh, that's awesome. You know, I didn't I didn't ever think I was going to look at you. I had no idea you had such a beard. I had no idea that you listened to stuff you should know because uh, this is the first time I've ever been legit a little nervous for Why? one of these. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, dude. I just I, I watched the web series. Like when it was the web series, yeah, I don't remember who turned me on to it, but um, I got in. I was an early adopter, and you remind me of my friend Billy, who passed away a couple of years ago. So there was always this like, there's a show that I love, yeah, and the guy on it reminds me of Billy. Oh, that's so that was very special. Yeah, that's very nice. Especially since he passed away, it's like even more special. Well, I'm, I, I assure you that him and I are probably the same. level of, of kind and it was no. a well-placed was projection great. good dude yeah um where are you from i'm from phoenix scottsdale oh okay uh i know teen wolf so well because it was too hot to play it in the summer times and i would just watch it over and over and over again right a lot of movies i did that with i lived in yuma for a year whoa yeah what the hell happened there? <laughs> no, it's a everyone who knows Arizona always asks that question as a follow up because Yuma is a weird place to move to. Yeah, uh, my sister, my brother in law is a Marine. Uh huh. My sister lived there with him. I had crushing debt from living in New York, uh-huh. and then they said I was looking for a change. They were like, "Why don't you move out here?" And I was just kind of floating around at the time. I wasn't married, like no kids or anything. Back yeah. Then. Now you're married with kids in Atlanta. Married with a daughter in Atlanta. Nice. Yeah. What's it like living there? Uh, it's great. You ever been? No. You should. Uh, I haven't been outside of the airport at all. I figure I'll yeah. go for work one day. But yeah, yeah, yeah sure. A lot of stuff yeah. going on there. Yeah. You uh, and that's you're that's the long haul. You're gonna stay there. Yeah. Like that's where I'm from. Yeah. Lived away for a lot, a lot of years, like twenty something years, and came back. Uh-huh. From here, this is where I was living before I moved to Atlanta, uh-huh. and it's great. Uh, does uh, your the partner on stuff? Does he still smoke cigarettes? I was worried. Josh about quit. It. Josh quit. Long time ago. All right. Yeah, he's I was worried good. about that man. <laughs> you talked about his eating habits and smoking habits. I was like, shit, man. I don't want this to stop. So, I want to know a little bit before we get into the movie. I'll budget this out so we give mm-hmm. Teen Wolf its due. Um, but I got to talk about high maintenance and like the transition from True. Vimeo to HBO. Like, what was that like? Uh, well, you know, I the only real experience I have with making something on that level is with high maintenance uh-huh. or even film production in general. I've only made content that. I was acting in and that I was editing and right. making. So uh, it felt like like middle school, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like we were making them on our own. We were figuring out what the project was. And we made 13 of those episodes. And then Vimeo gave us some money to make six more. And then we were like, all right, here's like real – Not it wasn't real money, but right. here's something that looks like real money. Were you guys like getting permitted? And like was it – how legit was it? It was like – Half legit, okay. I would say. Gotcha. I, I think going to HBO and looking at all of our paperwork, they were like, whoa, how did you do this? We we're like, well, Vimeo was right. trying something out. And they, I guess we got very lucky. 
uh, that nothing bad happened, I yeah. guess. But I would say the HBO move, you know, it was like it's like going to high school. It really is like going it's like to high co- school. Grad school. <laughs> I, I feel like, but I feel like I'm in my junior year of high school where I'm like, all right, I've been here. This is my third year here. I know when to freak out. Right. I feel like there's the show is not over yet, even though we haven't had an order yet, but I have a feeling it's not over. So there's some stuff to look forward to just feeling very Uh secure by this time, but in doing it, it, it's how it always has been. We are working in our little bubble and it's never good enough. I was talking to Ira Glass about this. They're similar. The the, the stories are never good enough. It's really hard on yourself kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Laboring. And if it's not, if you laughed on the 49th time of watching it, but not the 50th, then right. that part has to go or whatever. Right. And I think the first season, uh, because of just like, you know, existential stuff layered on top of personal stuff, layered on top of career stuff, I mm-hmm. think I was just kind of like, we wrote every episode and directed every episode, and I had a, a bigger part in editing every episode than I have in the past two HBO seasons. So I think I was just, yeah. I was a little, I think I was probably freaked out. I was freaked out about uh, it getting ruined. Like everyone else was probably freaked out who was fans from the web series. Yeah, I was worried. Yeah, for sure. But the the truth is HBO, like not only gives us creative freedom, mm-hmm. but sometimes I'm like, hey, hey, we're over here. Right. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh the yeah," and I'm like, "How is this?" They're like, "It's fine." Yeah, it's good. And I'm like, "Really?" And they're like, "Yeah." So they let you guys do your thing then. They really let us do our thing. Uh-huh. Truly, we're we're uh, we're like the little tugboat. Yeah. on that thing, like we're we I, we know that we occupy a very kind of niche culty space that is like audience members who don't mind doing a little extra work and mm-hmm. not like just served up everything. So, yeah, yeah. So I think they, I think we, I would compare us to probably kids in the hall. Uh-huh. Like kids in the hall were doing their own thing up in Canada. There wasn't like any infrastructure up there right. from HBO to like watch over them or show up on set. So they just kind of made a bunch of weird stuff. Yeah. And I feel like, that's the space we occupy again, and I hope to keep occupying. Yeah. I, I prefer that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was the one thing I remember when I read about – I remember reading the announcement, and just my wife was like, just like, shut up about it already. Like, I know your favorite little web show is now going to be a real show, and yeah. I know you're so proud of them. Because <laughs> I feel <laughs> like so – uh, Well, that's what it feels like. I feel like, uh, especially when you adopt something early like that um, – you feel like you have a personal stake in it as a as a viewer, yeah. Which is silly, but um, like you end up having this weird pride. Like I was proud of you guys. <laughs> Does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, at all? man, that's very sweet. But the fact I that it was HBO, it. I remember thinking, like, all right, this this isn't gonna suck. It's not gonna get ruined. Yeah. Um, because it's HBO. Well, we had a deal at FX, a script deal oh. that would have ruined the show. Yeah, for that sure. would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, you know. It was a very incremental growth, mm-hmm. and at a certain point, like we realized that our power was in saying no over and over and over and over again until mm-hmm. the right person came along. And right, when, and when our 
executive Nina Rosenstein came and met with us, it definitely was like, and we're gonna make all, we're gonna make not just a pilot, six, right? And she's like, yep, right. And I'm like, and it's straight to series, no, uh-huh. none of this <laughs> dancing around development thing. She's like, no, yeah. And it was really cool. I mean, I, I, I probably could die tomorrow and have accomplished like 300% more than mm-hmm. I thought I would have ever accomplished <laughs> of my goals in my life. So I feel pretty I feel pretty cool about yeah. the show, but also it was created initially to form an artistic community. Right. Of we were like, "Oh, I love this person and I know they're a good actor and I know this person has uh-huh. funny anecdotes and I know, you know, so we were looking to to create a community and that that really does exist and friendships come out of high maintenance and right. working relationships and hopefully I like the word of mouth quality that mm. makes you proud of your of of your favorite little show will kind of spread into like I pie in the sky spin-offs you right. know what I mean like every episode is like a pilot for oh, a, sure. a character's life I would love to see it spread laterally yeah. and have all the people we came up with uh keep it going yeah I mean they're definitely um I mean you guys took it almost like a world building approach it feels like mm-hmm. um without being like too structured but I remember when I first started seeing um, characters popping up in other episodes in different places in their life. Uh, then I thought, all right, this is getting really interesting. Yeah. Um, what happens off screen is yeah. so much more interesting to us than what happens on screen. And that comes even in our how we write stuff. Like we're like, oh, gosh, how are we going to do a, a wedding or a believable build up to a wedding or this or that sounds like production heavy. And then we're like, Hey, what if we start the whole entire episode after that all happened yeah. already, everything already happened. And then this is just them dealing with their being alive right. after this climax. So that, that temptation to leave the dramatic stuff off screen uh-huh. and then refer to it is a is a, it's a cool trick. Yeah, it is. It's it's certainly cheaper. It <laughs> <laughs> lowers the bar. Yeah, but it, it also like um you're talking about just not serving up everything for for a viewer. It really uh there is so much that happens off screen and nothing's ever tied up with a bow and it's just it feels like you're peeking in on these stories. Mm-hmm. Um it, it it was never a show about a weed dealer yeah. to me. It was always a show about New York City. Yeah. And then as the more I've watched it, I'm like, no, it's just a show about human beings. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it it, it it's so interesting to think about. I I think it's weird. I think some of these emotions that are expressed in it are weird or kind of acidic or a little bit unnerving. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, I, I'm always surprised at how many people are like, yeah. I get that. Yeah. Like it's like don't you don't I mean <laughs> I thought this was me outing myself as like an asshole. Like right. yeah, no, I'm an asshole. No, it's just so true though. <laughs> it's such it's the human condition like every week. Um and it's like I mean it is a New York show in a way because it's also shows a, a, the truest New York that I think I've seen. Thanks, man. Uh, so there's something to be said for that. I would love to see this show done in other cities. Like, yeah. would love to see it done just because, like, our cities, our environments, like, affect us so greatly. Yeah. Like, the L.A. version of High Maintenance would 
be a like, oh, totally different show. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. But but the same. yes, but same sense of loneliness. Yes, yeah. you know, it's really the the whole. This is such a macro statement, but everything that's wrong right now is because people don't talk to their proximal proximal neighbors. Right. The community, actual community, not ideological communities set up through apps. Right. But like physical sense of community, belongingness, all of that yeah. has bred to this deep pit of of isolation and depression and yeah. a general kind of acceptance that you're, you know, that you got to work on yourself, capitalist dude. Like you right. can, you're an island, you can do all of that. And I think our show is oftentimes addressing how much we want to connect with people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just not it's just not how things are done anymore in a right. way that feels uh, ha- to have lasting gratification. Yeah, and the guy um himself is such a uh I mean, he is the through line and he seems to wander in and out of these people's lives when they need him and not just for the weed. Yeah. Like that's the conduit for sure. Yeah. But it, it feels like I mean even the one guy who uh who didn't even smoke, they mm. just wanted the company. Yeah. Like just one of the sweetest like most heartbreaking episodes. Yeah. Sir, I actually I just got a little tingle up my spine just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, so he's so and that and that the success of that is so largely due to Michael Cyril Crichton's performance in it and it's just like mm-hmm. this total collection of of like that apartment that we shot in was Russell, our manager's apartment. It's like a four hundred square foot apartment right. in in Chelsea. He doesn't live there anymore. Like it was uh that apartment also created that feel. Like uh-huh. it is just the whole collection of all of these things that you would if you saw a script in the final product, you would be like, Oh wow. A this lot of improv so going much. on. Or? It's not even just improv. Uh-huh. It's just like, yeah, I know we wrote this, but this is the prop we have, and right. this is the time of day we have to shoot it in. So, like, mm-hmm. why don't we just like schmoogie it all so that right, so that it works with what we have instead of trying to fit a circle in a square? Yeah, I mean, I've made enough like little short films and things to know that being nimble like that is so the key. Yeah, it also ma- it, it 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 makes the script seem like just like an instruction manual to how to construct the story. Maybe depending yeah. on it's like when intention, what I want to write, meets attention. What do I have at my disposal? Right. What what is the actual skill level of this actor for right. this for this emotional range? All right. Well, if you can't make it there, I'll pull it back. Yeah, and we'll see what we can make. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty um, loving, friendly set. It is. It is for sure, and it's tiring. You know, we are a very. Low- yeah, what's your schedule like? Uh, it's like Monday through Friday, fourteen-hour days, pretty much. Right. So for how many weeks? Straight. Like if we had ten episodes, ten weeks, nine episodes okay. a season. So one nine, per. So yeah, and that's two stories, and each story has right. like a, a a couple of locations. Yeah. So we are. It's a, it's a really wild puzzle because in the web series it was like oh let's do a weekend right I won't pay you but it's only one or two days <laughs> and then we did actually go back and pay everybody for their work in the web series oh that's once cool HBO came around and recast but, or not recast but we try know, to keep it I keep mean we didn't people. we didn't recast one person why would we we don't we don't have someone saying that we have to that yeah. was that was my biggest fear with FX. Right, but and then I, that was one of the things with HBO. I'm like, we're not recasting anybody. And yeah, like, 
great. Yeah, yeah. that's great. That's great. Um, and and the guy too. He, uh, I think, like at first, you you have that first season to get to know him a little bit, mm-hmm. but it was it was there wasn't a lot of personal stuff going on. And then the cool thing to see is as these seasons play out, the guy is coming out a little bit more uh, with his backstory. It's teased out, I think, just kind of perfectly. Thanks, man. Because, like, you want to know about him. But also you don't, yeah. But also you don't, but then you sort of do. Like, I just started watching season three, and that first episode is so good just to see some of his roots um, and where he came from. And uh, I think that makes for a, a fuller picture, but... You're you're doling it out in, in the right increments, I think. Well, I think it's like getting to know somebody. Like the first you get to know somebody, it's based off their superficial charm and charisma or right. your relationship. And then you care about them a little more and their guard is dropped. So that would be like when the guy goes to the hospital and you kind of see that. Yeah. And then you are rooting for them to get what they want, which mm-hmm. is kind of what we're starting here is like that character is definitely looking for something. I don't know right. if he knows what it is, but he's definitely seeing something more than uh, he's wondering if his call, if, if he's, he's met his calling, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And seeing that episode, especially with the, um, with the dad and hearing people describe him mm-hmm. about the no judgment. Yeah, yeah. And that was one of the big things that always stuck with me about the guy it was just like, he's just never, he's just always a kind ear and he's yeah. never judgy. I get, I get, I like that about him. I get frustrated about that too, because I don't think that's realistic. Right. I think that like, I always, <laughs> I'm always like, I, I, I always just, want to poke a hole in anybody's illusion right. because it's like I would love to be like the guy all the time but like if we all had it all figured out and uh-huh. weren't judging any we just wouldn't be on this earth we would have passed on to Nirvana or whatever right. like we all got <laughs> shit we're trying to work out yeah and I've been very excited to kind of pull some stuff back I think in this week's episode he does show a tinge of judgment which oh, is very interesting, interesting. Yeah. and and in actually an episode that was kind of inspired by Teen Wolf uh, that's coming up too you see him you see him actually being like, "Oh my God!" Like I, I don't think he handled that situation the best. Right. So I'm kind of excited to tease out the fact that this person is flawed. Yeah, there are cracks, and there are cracks, and that, like, as much as in the same way that it's always more interesting to let your imagination fill out that climax that you start after I was talking before about. There's, I like to drop just one little inkling. That uh, of character information that right. that ripples out into your imagination, so that you are kind of understanding w- the human experience. That yeah. you're not—it's not always going to work out. You're not always going to say the right thing or do the right thing, but that's okay. Yeah, the, I mean, you got through a lot of restraint, I think, um, especially like when you were talking about just the deal that you were making with HBO, and like you knew you had something valuable, mm-hmm. and I think the instinct for someone making a web show would be to jump at FX or whoever. Yeah. I'm sure you guys had other overtures and to know like you, you know, that was your, yeah, we said no so many times to so many things. That's so like powerful. Yeah. Oh, it, at a certain, when you know you have something good, no is the password to yes. Yeah. And you have to, like, I also look at it like, um, if you're, 
have a beam of light coming through like a dark room, mm-hmm. all of the negatives, the, the blackness, all of the darkness, the no, 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 this photon is not on, saying right. no to all of those other photons and saying yes only to that stream of light is what's beautiful about it. Yeah. It is the absence and your, and your uh, you said the word uh, resistance or um, right. to to just accepting everything. Yeah. Like you want to think of creativity as like this expansive thing, but at a uh-huh. certain point you have to edit down and you have to be right. like, no, 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 no. Yes, that. It, otherwise it's all just a blank white screen, you know? Yeah. That's so cool that they just stepped out of the way. They'll let you guys do your thing because the music and the cinematography and everything is just so beautiful. And yeah. I was, uh, and I think what it did obviously is afforded you guys, um, just to do more of the same, but yeah. like bigger and better and more beautiful. And thanks, man. Maybe pay for a little more music that you know he might want to get. Oh, the music, <laughs> man! I, because of so key. Well, because of our budgetary constraints, I have just been hunting for unknown music. Yeah, that Still. we can afford, and my that has really led to a. a, a exciting deepening of my my musicology yeah uh that i am i i hope to one day be able to it would be so cool just to make a show that's like cool images and cool music just uh-huh. to, to just like uh yeah. remember that show liquid television oh, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Something like, i would love to do something like that <laughs> yeah that would be cool yeah yeah well the choices you guys make um just uh, with the cinematography i think are always um are often unexpected and um like how how involved are you in all of it still? Very involved. I like I know you're directing now. I mean, we've been directing. We Katya and I have directed and written every episode, with a few exceptions, uh-huh. up until season two. Okay. Season two was the first season we invited guest directors and a writers' room to join us. And I think season two really our work got a lot better from that collaboration. Yeah, and now. Then, but we still were a directing couple that season. This season, I direct our we we are listed as directors on our own. But if I mm-hmm. had to be completely honest, nothing's changed. Oh, like, really? We're still it's like the we're still thing. helping each other, and <laughs> yeah. and it's like, and there is a lot of like you know I'm good at pulling up above. I'm good at seeing blocking very well, uh-huh. and like having a bird's eye view of a room and a and. Uh, even the structure of a story where she's very detail oriented uh-huh. and uh, and can sense authenticity yeah. a, or a, a little more uh, intuitively than I can. So that's pretty cool. We really we really help each other out. Uh, what was the question that was before this? Mm, uh, it's okay. Cinematically, oh, like cinematically. How, yeah. So our DPs, there are three of them. It's very unusual to have so many DPs on a show, but uh-huh. they all bring something different, uh-huh. and we pair up stories to we think to DPs who we think will lend. Oh, that's cool. Will match their temperament, and they'll set them up for success. Yeah, I love that last shot of the uh, of uh, season three, episode one, uh-huh. where the camper, you know, takes a chill. Oh, on the yeah. And oh, just, yeah. you know, the camera car just keeps going. Yeah, we got stoked about that. Yeah, that yeah. was such a cool shot. Yeah, such a cool a way to do shot. that, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of times, like, so that shot wasn't included in the first assembly. A right. lot of these things are like, you watch it and you make a mental note. And, uh-huh. you, and I'm in the scene, so I can't 
like I don't have a walkie-talkie to be like that was a good show. You know what I mean? Like there's <laughs> yeah. the the being in it and the way you felt is all remembered throughout. So in some ways, when it gets cut up between the script supervisor making notes for the editor and the editor wasn't mm-hmm. there, they don't know that like the part of the scene that was the best was like that hiccup that the actor made before we were they knew we were rolling or whatever. You know, right. there's a lot of going back. Like when back. your voice cracked in that episode. Oh, yeah. There's so time. many like great real moments Big like that. Big time. It's all hunting for those. Uh-huh. Who cares what we wrote? What was the most... Uh, what was the most interesting thing that happened while we were shooting? Yeah. Let's see if we can support that with the footage we've got. Right. What's yeah. your favorite part of the process? I do like editing so much. Yeah. but That was always my favorite thing, too. Yeah. It's really – that is where the movie gets made. Yeah. And – uh, maybe it's maybe I'm a control freak, but that's where I feel a lot of control and very much like, all right, well, this is what we have to work with, mm-hmm. and we want to make it good. The rest of it is like, oh, like thinking about what the weather is going to do and how I'm mm-hmm. going to have to rewrite everything based on the weather right. and all like the production things is like truly takes years off of your life. Yeah. All of the worry and trying to anticipate. And get on top of it. Whereas yeah. in editing, it's like, well, I need this to be better. Can we go get it? Can we go make it? Whereas right. with filming, it's like, you can have this or you can have this. Uh-huh. You can kill this baby or you can kill this baby. It right. happens in editing too. But Yeah. What what about like uh, – we have a lot of listeners that you know make their own shorts and stuff like that. When And you know what a tough road that is to hoe. Yeah. What, what like piece of advice would you give someone – when things are going pear shaped and you still have to like do the scene, like how do you how do you get rid of that shit? You get really and still quiet. do something good. You get really quiet uh-huh. inside and you just respond to what do I like right now? And whatever you like, you try to make more of that happen. And like especially for a web short or a show, it's like you're just catching a vibe, really. We yeah. I only have two to five minutes attention span to watch your short web thing. Right. So I better like it. So whatever is the best, put that over everything and mm-hmm. the good stuff will grow from there. Trying to put round trying to make something work that's not working, just like let it go. Right. And and if there's got to be something that was working and then cut everything down around mm-hmm. that thing that's working and it'll look like you that's what you wanted to do the whole time that's good advice man yeah <laughs> um what what's ahead for the show how much can you talk about that i just i'm waiting on another season order but if it's if we get one i'm ready to go there's a bunch of unused ideas that we haven't gotten around to that have had some time to cook and mature a little yeah. bit more and uh, there's people I want to work with. I'm already talking with actors. So I'm cool. like, hey, I would love to see you next year. Identifying yeah. talent, trying to think about stories to adapt, maybe because oh, we've, we've, you know, we're running out of tricks. Right. So it would be it would be cool to this year maybe break open the idea of taking some of my favorite short stories writers wow. and putting making them into a weed delivery you know interesting yeah that's a cool idea Mm -hmm. how does that work when you're waiting on uh to know whether or not you have a season as far as giving it a satisfying potential series finale Mm -hmm. like do you have to think about that like hey if this is i definitely do i definitely and sometimes like we'll put it like for this last episode you'll see it's very there's like a uh, this this very emotional feeling at Mm -hmm. the end 
And sometimes we're like, ah, oh, it seems like it seems like this is the end <laughs> with this song. You may not want to use the song because it seems like the end altogether. Right. We did that last season too, where we're like, ah, oh, this seems like the end of the show. Yeah. And I guess that you want that flexibility. I think I want it to feel conclusive no matter what. Yeah. I keep joking. We're not going to do this because I've joked about it too much. But I keep on saying, and then the camera will pull back, and then there's two moons. And then that's the last <laughs> shot of the whole the whole oh, series. But, that would be so great. But we're not going to do it. I have better ideas than that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Three moons. Yeah, three moons. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With Geico, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with Geico. It's almost better than sports. Hey, it's Ben, Henry, and Marcus, hosts of The Last Podcast on the Left. Our show's dedicated to uncovering hilariously horrifying stuff. And now we're only on Spotify. Join us. If you want. Obviously, we'd never force anyone to just blindly... Join us. That'd be crazy. But if you like stories about doomsday cults who do exactly that and more, please... Join us. On Spotify. Visit Spotify.com slash Last Podcast to listen free. All right, we'll move on to Teen Wolf. I could I could do this all day, and I know you're on a schedule. Uh, although I do want to know, um, and I know you you've teased a little bit more about the guy's name. Um, I'm happy to never know it, mm-hmm. uh, but do you know it? You know, In I thought brain? I knew it. I thought I knew it, but uh, it it kind of changes. Oh, I kind of think like I have a front runner that always kind of uh-huh. changes throughout time. Wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, it would be so dumb if it was Ben. Like, it's not the right name, but it's like there are some family names that I went through, uh-huh. and then my brother took one of them for his child, and I was like, <laughs> "Freaking jerk!" Thanks I a can't lot. name like my <laughs> character after your kid now. Um, so yeah. All right, I was just curious about that. There is a name, but it's it's changed a couple times. Okay, cool. All right, uh, Teen Wolf is your pick. I picked Teen Wolf. That is your movie crush from 1985, uh, released just seven years. I'm sorry, seven weeks after Back to the Future. It was supposed to. It was delayed. Crazy. It was delayed because they were supposed to come around the around the same time. Oh, uh, really? Back to the Future really they had more juice. It kind of took some steam away from it. In Brazil, the word the name of Teen Wolf is the boy from the future. <laughs> Are you but serious? It, yeah, yeah. Wow. They Back to the Future was really like the the technodrome of that huh. of that project. Interesting. It, it's also funny that like Michael J. Fox was the biggest star in the world mm-hmm. that year, probably. Yeah, yeah. He he allegedly hated that movie. What he, Teen Wolf? Yeah, he hated it. Really? He thought it was dumb. And huh. It, it might have been. Well, but he thought it was. I know the directive was. Uh, we need something cheap and fast mm-hmm. that we can shoot kind of on a budget and quickly. I mean, that's my kind of movie. Yeah, that's like say, that's what I like to do, I guess. Yeah, there are so many parts of that movie that really are in my fucking bones. Like the give me a keg of beer, 
Like yeah, that, that line. <laughs> I was talking with Rabia, our publicity person, and she was. We were going over just like that high school party. How you just were like, oh, yeah. oh that's how high school's going to be. It's this gonna was be like, perhaps the greatest of all high school parties in film. Yeah, and it was researched. Really? Yeah. They, first of all, I didn't know it till today. It was supposed to take place in Nebraska. That's where yeah. it, it takes place. Despite and all the, the palm trees. And what's his name? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What's his name? The director went Rod to Daniel. Nebraska to like interview teens about parties. Really? Because yeah. the shit that happens in that parties. It's so organized. Everyone's having such a good time. <laughs> and and it's like, all right, we have a whole, we have a whole like uh, set that yeah. we're going to do here. Yeah. We have games. Mm-hmm. Very organized games. And they like made Jello ahead of time, <laughs> let it set so they could pour it down her shirt. Uh-huh. It was just incredible. Yeah, yeah. And then the one lady who's hand, who, with, the, with the top hat full of names. Yeah. Like, what was her deal? Was that a high school she, student? No, I don't know. I, I had thought about that, that she was hired. That uh-huh. was some sort of escort that they hired. Okay. She, but they all look old. Let's be real. They all look like no, they're a couple of 28 yeah. and 30. <laughs> um, I, I think, like, I watched it today on the plane, and it may have been maybe the first time I've seen it since the 80s. Oh, really? I think so, but... It, Watching it, I, I I must have seen it a ton of times because I was one of those kids who got HBO, lived on a very rural dirt road, mm-hmm. and when cable TV came to my uh, neck of the woods, it was a little late, mm-hmm. and so MTV and HBO were just like constant for me. Yeah, and you stayed up at night to watch the Red Shoe Diaries too, probably. Well, I tried. Yeah, I was sure. from a, a very. Baptist I was flipping family, through. So I was trying. I was flipping through the TV yeah. on at night, and I saw like a boob on a Cinemax show, uh-huh. and then I totally was like. Whoa! Really brought back to that time where right. I would stay up late and like <laughs> my parents would like move and I would cha- like last channel. In. Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> holding my finger on the remote in yeah, case like my parents sure. came in for. I stuff. think that is probably one of the most suburban experiences right? a young male can have <laughs> when HBO is free. Yeah, and the, we also had the thing on the cable box where you could uh, it was scrambled channels were scrambled. Oh, sh- yeah. And you could touch the buttons to to try and clear up the oh, picture. Oh, I never touched the buttons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, I would go to the Playboy channel and try and get just, like, a glimpse of a partially scrambled breast. How much more sexy is that? <laughs> that is wildly more sexy than everything that is going on today. It is, today. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the unknown. The, the desire, the want of the want. That yeah. is really the most interesting sure. thing. Yeah, and when you're, a, like, Now teens old... don't have sex. Now teens are like, <laughs> It's too much. Is that true? Yeah, there there's less teens having sex. Oh wow! In the, in the past, because they don't want to get annihilated by social media or whatever. Oh, well, I certainly yeah. wasn't helping the numbers yeah. in the eighties. I will say that. Oh, uh, ooh, that was a good one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so Michael J. Fox is the worst basketball player in history, clearly, um, which kind of makes it for a fun transition, I guess. Mm-hmm. Once he becomes uh, T.W. Yeah, and I. And I was thinking about the message of the movie, which is really like, uh, you know, you don't need the wolf, just be yourself. Sure. But now that I've dabbled in a little of Jungian psychology, uh-huh. that shadow, that wolf was himself. He had to accept that as yeah. a part of himself. So it kind of, I leave, I'm a little unsettled now at this point in my life thinking that you just have to keep that hidden from people yeah. even if it makes you more popular I even if they the like same it thought. I think he's got to reconcile it uh-huh. I, he, it would have been nice if he you know 
I guess he was a good sportsman for like not putting the advantage over, but right. I don't think it did well for like what happened. Well, now what do you do with the wolf? Right. Now what? Because everyone knows. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. I mean, his dad seemed to have it all worked out. His dad. Uh, we were just talking on the car over. Also, his dad looked like freshly bathed when we right. first saw him. <laughs> As he the looked wolf? like yeah, he yeah. looked like he had been a dog that had just gotten out of the bathtub. It uh-huh. was it was a little. Uh, he did look nice, poofy, and he, he had his glasses on. And everything. Yeah, he was poofy. Yeah, and yeah, in the focus group, allegedly, this is all IMDb trivia. Yeah, but they uh, people laughed for a minute after they saw him with the glasses on. He looked silly, I guess. Well, that was one of the indelible images to me. Like I remembered. When I started watching this, I remember two things very specifically that get me a, a keg, keg of beer, beer. Yeah. and then the dad opening up that door and saying, what does he say? I guess this bears uh, some explanation or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I suppose this bears some explanation. Yeah. <laughs> he was great too, that guy, that, the dad. He was also he was in- such a good um, character actor. He was in Elf, I think, once. Oh, and, yeah? And, it, and he was a bad guy in Elf, and I was like, what? no way. I wouldn't have bought it that. It flipped me, man. I got flipped. <laughs> Alf will do that, man. Yeah. It will flip your ass. Um, <laughs> what was it for you with this movie, though? Like, how? I mean, you were a kid. You were like one or two when it came I, out. Yeah, I, uh, I, I really liked that transformation scene. I used to go into my bathroom at night, mm-hmm. pretending I was wolfing out, like <laughs> holding my, you know, the back of my palms yeah, yeah. to the mirror and like contorting uh-huh. my face really? so much so like the coming upcoming episode of the show has this this moment portrayed of me as a child like wanting to wolf out so bad really yeah i like that he was good at basketball because that was like big in our family we were a basket because we were like charles barkley era sons it yeah. was like really happening over in phoenix uh-huh and then I, I guess I felt maybe, maybe I liked it because I felt non-athletic, and there was this idea that you could just be better because of something inside you that was latent and uh-huh. that you didn't know. Maybe I felt like a loner, but ultimately, I just, I, I, I liked this idea of popularity. Like he got popular when he was doing yeah. it, but I always felt like I. I knew how to like work a crowd, but ultimately I felt like a chubby kid uh-huh. who like wasn't good at sports or whatever. So I had engineered all of these like styles. I wasn't like styles, but like uh-huh. you know, I was able to be some sort of because Styles is a psychopath. He is a psychopath. <laughs> you know, I didn't have because we taped it off of TV. And that was the version I watched. Oh, I didn't, right. I missed some scenes, like when oh, he's yeah. in his garage and he says, "Like he's looking for the weed." Yeah, he's looking for the weed. Uh-huh. I didn't see that until I was like twenty, twenty in my twenties. <laughs> really? I was like, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" When it came right. on, in whatever version I was watching. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I've, I I think I'd forgotten about that scene, or maybe I didn't get. And it. And they said, "Are you a fag or something?" He goes, no, I'm not a fag. Yeah, I was like, "What?" Yeah, I know. What? <laughs> anyway. So that was cut out of the uh, TV version, I guess. And I'm glad that, and I'm glad that they did cut it out because they knew that you not you don't treat gay people like that. You right. don't talk about people like that. Maybe yeah. they didn't know. They just didn't want to see the weed, but Sure. I- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right cuz it was in that scene, wasn't it? Uh another thing um really jumped out at me was with greater power comes a greater responsibility. Yeah. He says that line. Yeah, in the in the IMDb it says that he 
the guy was a Spider-Man, a comic book fan, one of the writers. Really? Yeah, yeah. So they lifted that they from the comic. Intentional lift, yeah. Wow, because it's hard to get anyone to like online to admit that this used it not first, but Who? at least on screen. Who doesn't want to admit it? Well, I mean, in, anytime you do a search like that, it all comes up Spider-Man. You yeah, have to really sure, drill down sure. and specify Teen Wolf to get any credit Yeah, uh, out of that line coming out of this movie. I mean, I probably could... I don't know if I could recite every line from this movie, but I can in, I can do the intonation of uh-huh. everybody's voice right. for every line. I don't know if I'll get the words right, but I can. You don't. You're not 21. You don't get damn beer. Can't you get that through your thick skull? That guy was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was so angry at these children trying to buy beer. Yeah. Um. You want to hear something cool? Yeah. Is Matt Adler, who plays Lewis? Yeah. He listens to Stuff You Should Know and sent us an email a few months ago and now listens to Movie Crush. So I emailed him today. Got a little surprise for you. I have a surprise for Lewis after. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I emailed him today. I said, by the way, I said, uh, you'll be glad to know that Ben Sinclair of High Maintenance picked your movie. And he emailed back and said, well, we've all got problems. I hope you won't hold it against him. (laughs) And then I said... And by the way, I said, I just finished it again. I said, Lewis is the only character in that movie who has a reasonable reaction to the fact that there is a wolf boy. And yeah. I said, and their their shit has never worked out. That little character arc yeah. is never resolved. Yeah. And it really bugged me when I was watching it. You bugged you. Yeah, to not see it resolved because they had a problem. That So Ravi, our publicist, is sitting over here. Or our, at PR at HBO, I shouldn't say our publicist. That's not correct. <laughs> but the PR at HBO, she told me that she had a crush on Lewis oh, because yeah? he was being reasonable. <laughs> because he he's was like, he's the only out. one who's like, what's going on with you, man? Yeah, because everyone gets on the TW train yeah. so unreasonably. But fast. that, but that, that was a. Oh, there was a crush uh-huh. based on that. That he wow. was just he was just being a character actor <laughs> in a, in a movie that everybody was shitting on. And he opened up a, I'm not going to say, a, a, she opened up a woman's heart to <laughs> <laughs> to how it could be. You I'll with a reason, a reasonable man who just doesn't go with the height. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I told him it bothered me that that arc, uh, that character arc was never um, closed. And he said, it's true. He said, it's one of the great unanswered questions in my long and storied career. Or, and this is possible, no one cared. Sadly, I think they were planning a sequel of Lewis and Scott. I'm still waiting. I would, I would love two hours ago. I would love to see, I would love to see Lewis's like. There's like the Teen Wolf, and then if you trail off with Lewis, it's like ordinary people or whatever, and he's just like a very, he's just having a really hard time. Right, he's got his own shit going. They don't have Prozac yet. He's just got to deal with it. Poor Lewis, just a kid in Nebraska. I know, man, with all the palm trees. Um, did you see the sequel? Yeah, with Scott. Uh, no, Justin. Uh, Justin Bateman. I almost said Scott Bayo, but no, Justin Bateman. Yeah, that's a big diff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and the styles changed too. Which oh, really? Was like, yeah, they changed. Was his name Styles still? No, his name Styles, and the Styles' his name it. still Styles in the MTV show or whatever it is. So the new version, you've seen the TV thing. You know, my my brother Daniel wrote for the first season. On oh, it, really? And we were like diehard fans of Teen Wolf together, and he wrote for the first season. Wow, yeah. So this really, when you pick this, this is like this a all makes big, sense now. This is like it's 
it actually hurt my feelings that all of these people associated with her are saying how <laughs> shitty it is because they just don't know. Like, they the uh, transformation song was my phone ring for a long time. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, the, the music's yeah, pretty good. The mu- and Miles Goodman, like, I still put on the YouTube of that, uh, the transformation song, uh-huh. the song from the end credits, yeah, and yeah. there's... Uh, the Boof song. I really like that Boof song. Oh, we have a very, about Boof? We have a salute to the Boof scene also. Oh, really? Yeah, coming up. Oh, man. I'm going to like totally be picking apart all these like, yeah. references now. Yeah. <laughs> there was one scene where I'm like, I want it to look exactly like that. And they were like, well, there's not a tree here. It's for you to grab the branch. I'm oh, like, put right. a tree there. And then we didn't even put because the branch. Oh, the sidewalk it. scene? Yeah, yeah. I totally yeah. noticed that move when he yeah, grabbed he the. Yeah, uh, he uh-huh. turns around. So like, we, we cut it out because it was really weird, obviously. But like, right. but yeah. Oh, I, they didn't have like a grip off camera just holding like the branch a Pretty much. That's pretty much what was, it was just like a shitty Home Depot plant that right. they just put in the middle of this park path, essentially. It didn't Looked work. out of place. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Boof, uh, she's the best. I mean, this movie is. Just the quintessential '80s movie, yeah. and that like you had the understanding father, uh, single parent. Yeah. You had the principal, the shitty principal that gets his in the end. Yeah, um, you had the the beautiful girl that, of course, is with the dick, um, and the the girl that you should be with, which mm-hmm. is Boof. Yeah, it's like all these great '80s tropes. Yeah, um, kind of perfectly placed, but uh, Boof is just so lovable and like uh, it's true. They but were also just... fairly aggressive. You know, uh, so I watched that sidewalk scene a lot because I had to 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 restage it, and right. like, you know, she's she's not the she's not the most dynamic actress I've ever seen, but she's really given it all she's got. Yeah, and in a in a in a way that's like nuanced. And her hands are in her pocket. Everyone's hands are in their pockets the whole time. I noticed that too. Yeah, everyone's hands are in their pockets. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. But I appreciated that. It could have been like everyone's like, "Oh, it's so bad." It could have been so much worse, guys. I would say most of the <laughs> movies that come out now are worse than Teen Wolf. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Yeah, I would agree with that. Actually, um, she's lovable though. Like that yeah. was the girl that I would have fallen for in high school. Why? Oh, I think because she was nice and not uh, threatening. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably would have like uh, from afar, and in fact, I sure I'm sure I did looked at the like the most beautiful girl in school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would never like. I mean, he straight up asked her out, mm-hmm. kind of like right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Asked if he could drive her to the. Uh, yeah, and then make to the party. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was not nearly that aggressive. Yeah, I was way too scared for something like that. Well, we had to see him try and fail. So, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. I, uh, I, you know, it's so it's it's. I wish that we could three dimensionalize all those characters. I wish we could make the the uh, Pamela. I wish we could right. fill her out a little bit more. I don't think sure. it's fair that she's just like the 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 jerky hot girl, right? You know, I would like to see why Styles is a sociopath and right. why Lewis is, <laughs> Styles is clinically so great, depressed. Though. So over the top. Yeah. I uh, don't know if they did the right thing with the, the the MTV show. They could have gone back and delved way deeper. Yeah, I didn't see any of that. Was it a comedy or was it? It's like, you know, slick. It's like really slick. Oh, gotcha. It's like Twilight uh, yeah, yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's not the right move. Um, Let me see. I'm trying to see if there are any big scenes that... 
stood out. The, the big dance is kind of fun with the thriller ripoff. Yeah, it's a big time thriller ripoff. Yeah, I would. I hope. I wonder if they thought that was gonna be a thing. There's like all the these. Dance. Yeah, there's all these comments about Michael J. Fox not being like a good dancer and not being good at basketball and stuff right. like that. That when you read them now with hindsight, you're like, don't talk about that guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't bring that up. It's not cool. Yeah, he was probably doing the best he could. Yeah, uh, but he does win the game as Scott. Yeah. Uh, and then one of the best songs come up. Uh, I like that last song too. Yeah. And everything's in slow motion. And Robbie let me know that there is a guy on the left side. What is it on the left side of the screen or the right side of the screen? With There's a guy out. on the left side <laughs> with his fly undone. He's got his fly really undone and he pulls his fly up in slow motion. Yeah. So I saw that on the internet and then watched it today and it's fully there. Like, and it, and so prominent. It's not his dick, is it? Well, <laughs> I, I watched it a bunch of times in a row just to yeah. like see if I could tell. His fly is way open, and it's so prominent on the screen that it's very bizarre. And cool. then he even sort of like catches himself and zips it up real quick. But it's on like the the freeze frame of the last shot of the movie. Yeah, just such a strange thing to get by the edit. I gotta watch this now. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's um, like a nice kitty take off your clothes. Right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Someone just told me about that. You don't know about Nice Kitty Take Off Your Clothes? Yeah, no, we or just an... talked about that on the, on the show a few yeah, weeks ago. Sex in the Dust and Aladdin. Or no, Lion King when they he plops down and then all of the dander spells out sex. I just saw that movie for the first time yesterday. The li- What's going on with your movie cue right now, bro? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> the Lion King and Teen Wolf? Like, you, you having a baby or something? Like, well, what's going on? <laughs> you picked Teen Wolf. <laughs> all right, fair. Uh, and my daughter's three and a half. Oh, I see. Like, she had never seen The Lion King, and I hadn't. So I was like, why don't we watch this? It was really fucking sad. Yeah. And it bothered her. Yeah, no, it's a troubling situation. It was. But yeah. so you're saying when they, at it's the Hamlet. beginning. You know it's Hamlet. Uh, well, sure. Yeah. She didn't. Yeah. She well, didn't have that understanding. <laughs> yeah. um, so what you're saying when they put the paw down and release it, it spells out the word sex in the dust? There is one situation where uh, I guess – Simba, after some, as an adult, after he doesn't know whether to go back or right. not, yeah. he like plops down and some dander goes up and it spells out sex. Oh. And then there's the Aladdin one with nice girls take off their clothes. That's, yeah, I learned and about that And then there's the, the priest popping a boner in the the know. wedding in Mermaid. <laughs> uh, when he's really? almost about to marry Ursula, uh-huh. there's like that little bishop yeah, the yeah. bishop, they have like his little his, his costume little tents. Yeah, his little bishop tents. <laughs> wow, yeah. boy, those Disney animators. Yeah, what's up with that? Um, Sociopaths. When, <laughs> when I lived here, I went to the vet one time, and Jonathan Taylor Thomas was in the vet uh, picking up his cat, whose name was Simba. No, when? What this year? Was, this had to have been like ninety eight ish. Oh, wow. You were here in 98 at the vet? Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. At the vet. You know those LA things, like you see people, like when I bought, not bought, when I found my kitten and took my kitten to the vet for the first time, uh, I went to write a check and Tim Curry held my kitten while I wrote the check as well. Wow. So I was going to like the veterinary of the stars. (laughs) After this, I'll tell you my dark Tim Curry story. Okay, cool. 
Hi, everyone. It's Katie Couric. I've used my podcast, Next Question, as a platform to explore the big issues we face in these crazy times. And right now, there's no crazier time and no bigger issue than the coronavirus, which is why we're switching gears and pushing our regular reported episodes to the summer. In the meantime, we're going to stay focused on the coronavirus, talking to the experts so you can really understand what's going on. I know it's overwhelming, but we can get through this together. You can listen to Next Question on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. We want you to know that we are here for you. All right, well, let's finish with five questions then, because I'll pull up that thing and show you the guy in the stance with this uh, flying done, and you can tell me that story. And we'll get you out of here for Conan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tintin. Uh, first movie you remember seeing in the theater? Uh, I think I remember seeing the scene in Dirty Dancing where they were rain- it was raining. I remember a raining scene in Dirty Dancing. And that That's- was your first movie, you think? I don't think it was my first, but that was uh, early memory of okay. seeing something. What year was that? 86, 85? I don't know. I got to We'll see. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, first R-rated movie you saw? I, oh, God. Is Tootsie rated R? No. Probably not. No. Uh, I can tell you the first movie I had a sexual feeling about okay. was <laughs> uh, Pacific Heights. Uh-huh. With Michael Keaton, I remember yeah. there was a boob uh-huh. that was in blue light. Okay. And that did that, it. And that I was lying down on the ground in front of the TV, my whole family behind me. Right. And then I felt aroused. Uh-huh. And that was the, the first time that <laughs> happened. And were you like, I could use another pillow, Mom? No, I kept it to myself for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to break that. On the show. Uh, will you walk out of a bad movie or do you stick around? Uh, I will now walk out of a bad movie unless it's a premiere and the person is there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a little yeah. awkward. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't used to because I was cheapskate. Right. I walked out of that that last Chris Farley Westward Ho or uh-huh. whatever. That's the one movie I walked out of. And Michael, the one with John Travolta where he plays an angel. I walked right. out of that too. I had another guest that walked out of the Chris Farley movie. Really? That same one? Yes. Because um, it's terrible. it depressed him yeah. to see Chris Farley because like, he wasn't looking great. Uh-huh. And yeah. it was just like yeah. sad. His last, last movie. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember who that was though. Um, let me see here. Number four, I tailor to the guest. So. Let me see. Uh, all right, since you love editing, what what is your what's your favorite editing in a film? It's the transformation sequence. Of, Unfor- of Teen Wolf. Yeah, it's unforgettable. <laughs> it's unforgettable. The basketball se- editing is terrible. Like their basketball game uh-huh. and like what's going on in the game. It's, it's, it's really hard to follow. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the it's to- that transformation scene is completely unforgettable. Okay. Yeah. Best editing in a movie is Hands that down, scene probably. Okay. In a movie? In any movie. Oh, best editing in any movie? Yeah. You ask me. Oh. 
That's why it, okay. I thought it was the Teen Wolf transformation scene. Best editing in any movie. Yeah, you know, the best edited film. Like, what's your favorite editing in any movie ever? Gosh, that is such a tough one, man. I haven't even thought about it. I've never even asked myself the question. You know, I would – at first, I think it's probably f- – and this is not the answer, but Fight Club was edited very well. Yeah. That movie has really brought a new kind of – cinematic quality to filmmaking yeah for sure it it, the way it was edited affected you greatly not just like the cgi elements or whatever but just like the pacing of it was really something yeah i also think this but i was really struck by roma's editing because there was just so many so fewer cuts than i'm used to what's going on nowadays and these long 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 shots so i guess their lack of editing was very impressive to me. Yeah. No, that's a great movie. I don't know how he pulls off some of those shots. Amazing. Like, not for one moment did I feel like I was watching a movie during no, that movie. exactly, for sure. Like, that's, there was someone off camera yeah. with, like, a, a spritzer bottle for the actors. or Yeah. It just seemed so real. I couldn't believe it. And then finally, Movie Going 101, uh, what's your theater rituals when you go to the movies? Where do you sit? Do you get concessions? What's uh your- you know, I I like the first half of a Diet Coke. Okay. I like the first half of a Diet Soda. And then, uh, you know, it depends on how dysmorphic I am at the moment. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll probably, I, I almost n- never mess with candy. Never candy. Mm-hmm. Popcorn, probably every other time. Uh I buy my own food sometimes and go in with that. That mm-hmm. was my family used to bring in like soda cans to movies and pretend to sneeze yeah. <laughs> and open them while you went achoo. Yeah, I know that yeah. move. Yeah, and uh, where I do guess you sit? I, I, I sit. Try to sit in the middle, mm-hmm. but it you know I I I'm not good at making it on time. That is always the thing. I'm always rushing into the theater. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Good stuff, man. Yeah, this is good. Thanks, Chuck. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, Charles W. Bryant. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Mr. Ben Sinclair of HBO's High Maintenance uh, talking about Teen Wolf. It was everything I thought it would be. I wish we had more time. That's the one thing about these is uh, when it's a PR setup, it's usually like, in and out in an hour. He had to go to Conan, so I, I get it. But I could have talked for an hour just about high maintenance in that process. Such a good show, everyone. If you're not watching it, you're missing out. Really, really uh, wonderful stuff. So uh, I hope you dug it. And until next time, maybe try and be more like the guy. Be nice. Don't judge people. Movie Crush is produced, engineered, edited, and soundtracked by Noel Brown and Ramsey Yunt at HowStuffWorks Studios, Pont City Market, Atlanta, Georgia. Timlin Bay. Timlin Bay. Bay is weak. We need to rebuild. The epic fiction podcast Timlin Bay returns. Have we met before? Oh, yes, General. You have no choice. It has to be done. In the name of God, what have you done? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want me?
The entire first season of This Time Tomorrow is available now to binge from start to finish. In this new iHeart series presented by T-Mobile for Business, join me, Osvaloshin, and Cara Price as we explore the exciting possibilities of the next generation of connectivity. From smart cities to future farms, you'll find out just how much could change with future 5G networks. Listen to This Time Tomorrow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.